0: Okay, so um, we are progressing with the second series of talks um, on the book of Exodus, and the subject today is um, the necessity and burden of leadership, and it's based on Exodus chapter 18. Now, initially, I was a little unsure as to what I would really say usefully about this subject um, to you all, because uh, firstly I suspect that we all pretty much understand the necessity of leadership in, in, in all sorts of um, situations in life. Uh, and also we, we also know that the burdens of leadership often include weighty responsibilities, problem solving, worries and, uh, uh, and stress. Uh, whether you're a manager in the workplace, Uh, An officer in the army, an overseer in a church of God, uh, a minister in the government, in charge of catering at the conference next week, or just a parent in any typical family. And I hope you'll understand and get from that short list that you don't need to lead a million people through the wilderness to be a leader And unless you're a Robinson Crusoe kind of a person, uh, most people will take on a variety of leadership and followership roles throughout their lives, often at the the same time. So, um, I think there are lessons for us to learn, each of us, about this subject um, of leadership today. So, let's read the passage. Uh, Exodus 18, I'm breaking in at verse 7. I'm reading from the New International Version. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. They greeted each other and then went into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law about everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, and about all the hardships they had met along the way, and how the Lord had saved them. Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel in rescuing them from the hand of the Egyptians. He said, "Praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh, and who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods, for he did this to those who had treated Israel arrogantly." Then Jethro, Moses's father-in-law, Brought a burnt offering and other sacrifices to God and Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law in in the presence of God. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people and they stood round him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you were doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it all alone. Listen now to me and I'll give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people. Men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties and tens. Let them serve as judges for the people at all times, but let them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this, and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders of the people. Officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties and tens. They served as judges for the people at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided themselves. Then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way and Jethro returned to his own country. So that's the reading. What can we learn from that? Let's think very briefly about the necessity of leadership, and I say very briefly because as I've already indicated, I think we already get it, um, and also I think it's quite self-evident from the passage that we've read, that the people needed someone to lead them, they needed someone to, um, to go to. Um, as it says in verse 15 to 16, they came to Moses to seek God's will, to have their disputes resolved, uh, and to be informed about what God wanted, his decrees and um, instructions. Incidentally, there's some debate about whether this passage actually happens chronologically after the giving of the Ten Commandments, because it seems that God was, uh, Moses was giving them instructions about commands, and yet we don't read about the commands being given until a bit later on, but that's, uh, that, that's a, d- a debate that's unresolved. I thought I'd just uh, point that out just in case you were wondering about what well, are these decrees and instructions, we ain't got to them yet. Um, But this is what Moses was doing, and there was clearly a a need for it. God is not a God of disorder, 1 Corinthians 14, and from Genesis to Revelation, we can see that he has given laws for us to live by. And he has appointed men and women to rule on his behalf, to discern his will, to, to teach others, and to judge between right and wrong, and to make decisions about what should be done And what shouldn't be done. And in that respect, Moses was both a leader and a follower. He was a a leader of God's people and he was a follower of God, wasn't he? He was expected to use the authority that God had given him to maintain God's law and order. Now, the law was often referred to as the law of Moses, but that was only because Moses delivered it to the people. Uh, He received it first. Uh, from God. He was over God's people, but he was under God. And that's true of anyone in a spiritual um, leadership capacity today. Our first duty is to discern, to, to understand what God wants, not what we want, not what the people want necessarily, um, what God wants, and then to lead others accordingly. Is leadership necessary? Well, along with everything that I've just said, I think a good example um, is Judges 17, verse 6, um, an example of what happens when there isn't any effective leadership, because it says there that in those days, this is later on in Israel's history, in those days there was no king in Israel and everyone did as they saw fit, or in some versions it's translated, everyone did what was right. In their own eyes. Um, so law and order, productivity and success, uh, peace and prosperity, it's all dependent on their being willing and capable leaders to lead and the willingness of people to follow. So we need leaders, don't we? Um, but because the burdens of leadership Um, are often perceived as being a bit hard, a bit heavy. Many people don't want to do it, even though they've got the capability. And one reason why it's hard is because of people. The the practical problems often can resolve themselves. It's usually people problems that uh, managers and leaders um, struggle most with. People can be awkward and irrational and unsupportive and, and ungrateful, uh, and, of course, we're also very fickle, aren't we? Uh, we love to follow the leader, as long as the leader is doing exactly what we would like them to do. Um, you know, so, we, so, so we need willing leaders, but we also, just as importantly, need willing and supportive followers. And we all have opportunity and responsibility to contribute in both those capacities, as the Lord wills and provides opportunity. I'm going to come back to the problem that Moses had in a moment, but the solution was a form of government. Uh, we can see in verses 19 and 20 that Moses was still God's um, representative after the solution was put in place. Uh, he was still dealing with disputes, albeit only the, the, the very difficult ones. Uh, he was still teaching God's commands and he was still being an example to the people of how they should live before God. But the difference, after Jethro intervened, was that he wasn't doing all of that on his own. It says that he appointed capable men. And you'll notice in verse 21 that the key capability requirements were nothing to do with experience and education or anything like that. It was about their honesty and attitude towards God. So again, just as a, a bit of an aside, if ever you were thinking, well, I could never be a leader, I, don't have, I haven't got what it takes. And there are lots of book, textbooks on leadership and they do make the, the whole role sound very um, seriously. With God's enabling, any one of us can be a leader if we are honest and have the right attitude towards God. And then what we see in the next few verses is the hierarchy of leadership that, uh, that, that, that Moses put in place. Uh, there were men over uh, in charge of thousands, men in charge of um, hundreds and fifties, and then the most junior level of, of, of leadership, um, they were just in charge of tens. But at each level they had the opportunity to escalate problems that they couldn't deal with up to the, to the next level, all the way back to Moses if necessary, for the really, the really difficult um, um, things. So that was, that was a structure that was, that was put in place. Uh, and, and it's not the structure of leadership that we find in the, in the, um, in the New Testament. We, we do find that structure in, in some church organizations as very much a hierarchy. It's not the structure that we have in, 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 in the New Testament example. It's not the structure exactly that we have in churches of God today. So I don't want to focus an awful lot on the structure here What interested me most is how Moses got himself into such a pickle in the the first place. And why he couldn't see for himself that, that he was in an impossible situation. Verses 13 to 16 to me read almost like a farce. They are so ridiculous. You Picture the scene. Every day, Moses takes his seat as a sole judge and arbitrator for a people numbering more than a million. Every day, all of these people come and they bring their disputes to Moses. No doubt some of them serious and they would probably take longer to resolve and think through. Uh, many of them, I, I, I guess, would be really trivial because that's, that's what people are like, aren't they? We have lots of trivial results uh, and trivial disputes that we think are important, but really they're, they're, they're quite silly, really. And everything would be brought to, to Moses. Can you imagine how long the queue was? You know, it'd be worse than passport control at Manchester Airport. It would be an absolute nightmare. And what did you do at the end of the day when darkness fell and you were still nowhere near the end of the, the beginning of the queue? Did you did you camp in line overnight to keep your place, or did you did you get a ticket like the deli counter in the supermarkets, or did you just get up really early the next day and hope that you might beat the rush and get get somewhere near the front of the queue and have a chance of Moses being able to? You actually hear your uh, dispute making a ruling on it. And when Jethro asked Moses why he was doing this, Moses replies, duh, because the people need me to do it. Well, verse 15 gives a slightly more accurate rendition of what Moses said, but you, 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 get, you, get, the, you get the idea. Why couldn't Moses see that this was a problem that needed to be resolved? He seemed to have an attitude that it was just something that he needed to do, that he had to just put up with it. It it was just the way things were. As far as he was concerned, the Lord had given him this job and it was just for him to to get on with it. Now I don't know much about psychology so I'm not going to try and say why Moses was doing this. Or even why many others today still press on with impossible or fruitless endeavors Um, Unhappy about what they're doing, unhappy about the the outcome, but for some reason not seeing the necessity to change. But what we do know is that it only took one person, um, someone that Moses respected as it happens, but one person nonetheless to question what he was doing and to suggest a more sensible alternative to put Moses back in charge. And and the reason why I say back in charge is that while Moses was bogged down with with a workload that he couldn't cope with, he wasn't really properly in charge, was he? He he, he wasn't being an effective leader. Not only was he responsible for probably the worst judicial backlog in history, um, so he wasn't serving the people well, Uh, he didn't have the time and the energy um, to do anything else to attend to the other responsibilities of, of leadership that, that should have been also a priority for him. So there have been many jokes over the years about the ineffectiveness of leadership in churches of God. You know, how many overseers does it take to change a light bulb and all, all that? I've heard, I've, 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 heard, I've heard them all. Um, but, but, but one of the things that we can all do, if we think something should be done differently, is to be a Jethro and to... To to speak up. Sometimes when people are, are weighed down with their responsibilities, they can't see what perhaps other people um, can see. Now, of course, it needs to be done with kindness and and, and respect and, and preferably with some well thought out ideas that might improve the situation. You know, that's what that's what Jethro did. Um, but um, if we if we if we have a willingness to, to help and if we if we see things that 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 should be improved and can be improved, we call them out, then that is going to improve the situation, isn't it? And obviously if you are if 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 any of us are on the receiving end of, of well meaning feedback like that, we should respond and take that feedback on, on board um positively, not 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 defensively. So I think Jethro is um, a great character. I was more impressed with Jethro in this story than, than anybody else. And I think Jethro is also an example of someone who was aware of when someone was struggling. You know, Galatians 6 and 2 says that we should carry each other's burdens. Um, a bit later in that chapter it says that we should each carry our own load. And the, the, the Greek words which are translated burden and load in that passage, they're different And what it means in Galatians 6 and 2, where it says we should carry each other's burdens, it means heavy loads. It means loads that people are are struggling with. Now, we have to notice that they're struggling in the first place, don't we? And that might not be so easy if they're putting on a brave face about it and not letting anyone know that they are um, struggling. But when we notice then we should try to appreciate how they might be feeling about it. We should try and appreciate how it's impacting them, what it means for them to be carrying this, this heavy load. And I think, I think Jethro, Jethro did that with Moses. Now on the one hand, it, it, it shouldn't be so hard to appreciate how somebody else might be struggling with a load, because we've all been there, haven't we? We've all had occasions in our lives, maybe many, maybe currently, where we are struggling to to um to do something. Either we um it's it's either just too big and too hard for us, or we we're lacking confidence or experience or knowledge about how to do the task, or we might just be totally fatigued or or, or there might be illness, there might be all sorts of reasons why we may have struggled in the past and therefore we know we know how it feels, shouldn't we? Although we should also be careful that we don't make assumptions about how somebody feels based on our own experience alone, because um, we all have different capabilities, and our, our threshold for what we're able to do um, varies between, um, between each of us. So we should be careful that we don't make assumptions um, based on our own abilities, or assumptions based on what we think the size of the task is, because we, cause we could, be, could be wrong about that. We might be thinking, oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why Gid can't just do the Gid, you know, do all the gardening. It can't be that hard, can it? That's because we've because we never done it ourselves and realised how how many leaves fall at this time of the year. So we might not have appreciated how big the, how big the um the task is. Sorry, Gid, that wasn't a, a subtle way of saying you should do all the gardening. i <laughs> no, just you, you just happened to be there and I thought of gardening. <laughs> so but you know the point. Yeah, we shouldn't under we shouldn't assume that we, we we know what the size of the task is, and we shouldn't assume that we know. What other demands and stresses might be going on in somebody's life? They might, they could be all, have all sorts of difficulties linked um, um, to their family, their, their work, their, their health, um, or even their faith. So um, there might be all sorts of reasons why someone is struggling more than we imagine that, that we would struggle if we were in their situation. And also we should make, we should avoid making assumptions about how well... People are able to cope once they are struggling because not everyone copes the same and Jethro referred to Moses potentially wearing himself out he said and being unable to take the strain now what does that mean you know, when people are struggling to cope there can be a wide range of symptoms um, at one end there could just be a lack of joy in the work Although in the Lord's Word, that's serious enough, isn't it? For someone just not to be enjoying their service for the Lord because they're just struggling too much to cope with it. So that's bad enough. But then at the other end, there can also be clinical stress. The onset of mental illness and physical decline. Stress and struggles really can have a serious impact if they're not addressed. So these are all important reasons why we should pay attention to it. We should be alert and interested in the well-being of each other, shouldn't we? Um, What I like about this story is that Jethro seems to have been less concerned with the, the process that wasn't working... Uh, I mean, he was a bit concerned, and he did make the point that if Moses took his advice and the people would be satisfied, clearly they weren't satisfied with what was going on. So he did have one eye on you know, that it would be a good solution for the people. But his primary concern was the welfare of Moses, wasn't it? He was worried about Moses. And sometimes people are happy to raise concerns, but they're more about things not being done properly kind of sound a little bit more like complaints sometimes, but even if it's not a complaint, they're focusing on what's not being done properly and it should have been done like this, and this such and such a person said they were gonna do it, and they're they're always late, or it's never done properly, and they're more concerned about the thing that is not being done, rather than the individual who is struggling, or for whatever reason, isn't doing it properly. So again, I think Jethro's approach is a good example um, for us to be more concerned about the, the individual. And can I just say again that I'm not just talking here about what we might regard as more senior leadership positions. Yes, overseers and, 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 and deacons in churches of God have heavy responsibilities sometimes and we, and we always value your care and, and prayers and support others as we try to uh, fulfil them. But like I said at the beginning, the term leadership applies to many different roles Um, essentially any role where we have any sort of um, authority and um, that could be in the family or the workplace or the community or any responsibility in the church big or or small Um, they can all be um, occasions where we have some form of leadership responsibility and therefore in all of those areas there is the potential for stress, isn't there? So we need to look out for each other. But one final thing. We also need to look out for ourselves. We should seek help before we become too overwhelmed and stressed with a particular task. Sometimes people just press on because they're unable or unwilling to delegate or they don't want to share their responsibility with anyone else. Or, or they're reluctant to tell people that they're not coping. It could be pride, it could be embarrassment, it could be, it could be just whatever. You know, the, the sort of expectations that they perceive that people have of them, and they're, they're, you know, they're ashamed that they're not able to fulfil those responsibilities, they're ashamed of their weakness. And you know, we can be reluctant to be open with others about the things that we, we find um, difficult. And that's a whole other subject, but I think Romans 12 is, is, is helpful to us. Because it it reveals very clearly, one of many passages, that the Lord wants us to work together. And it's not with a view to us all having an easy life if we work together. Because Romans 12 starts off with saying we should present our bodies as living sacrifices. Service is a sacrifice. Service involves cost. The Lord said service, Christian life, will have trouble. It will not be easy. There will be difficulties ahead. But if we respect our own limitations, and if we value more the gifts of others, that's what the passage in Romans 12 is is teaching us, Um, if we help out in even the smallest of tasks sometimes, then the load will be shared more evenly and the less likely that individuals will feel overloaded. So I'm going to just finish by paraphrasing the advice that was given to Moses because I think we can take that advice from Jethro, inspired by by God himself, I'm I'm, I'm sure. Uh, uh, The advice for us then is if we share the load, it will be lighter. We will be more able to take the strain and everyone will be satisfied. Job done. Let's pray.